Hey, Sally. Hey, Tyla. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you? I'm, oh, I don't even know. I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm feeling a little emotional. All of these are great. Ah, oh, I feel fully present. Let's just say that. That's good. What is happening? Can you hear that background noise in my end? Yeah. What was that? That was like a motorcycle. I think I was scared at first. It sounded like a monster in the apartment, but then I was like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right. Um, Great. Wonderful. Well, it stopped now. So that's good. Yes. Uh, we haven't talked in a while. No, we have not. What's the most exciting thing that's happened to you? Is it most exciting or best? I don't even know how we frame this question. I think it's the best thing that we usually ask, but I like most exciting. Well, whatever. You can answer either question. (laughs) What's Um, happened to you that's worth talking about since we last spoke? Okay. My favorite thing, that was a third thing. I was going to say, I can't actually frame it that way because then I would have to talk for like an hour. I have so much I want to talk about, but okay. So what's the most exciting slash best thing that's happened to you? It was, uh, I went through almost everything that I own that's not in storage, which is not actually a lot of things, but still feels like a lot. And it was great. I discovered all these like (laughs) treasure trove of crystals that I'd kind of forgotten that I bought and gifts to myself and these wonderful candles that I haven't been using because at the time I bought them for my new apartment like when I was still looking for a new apartment. Mm. Um, and so I just kind of put them away and never set them out. And so I texted Justin and was like, can I put the ap- my candles around the apartment? And he was like, okay. He was very skeptical. I could tell. <laughs> but then when he came home, I was like, see, don't you like them? Or I put them. He was like, I do. They look nice there. I was really not sure about them, that I would be down with that. Can you hear that crazy motorcycle on my end? Yes. Maybe oh it's the gosh. same guy. He time traveled. Yeah, he jumped from Brooklyn to L.A. real quick, or L.A. to Brooklyn. <laughs> that's a fast motorcycle. Gotta get me one of those. It is. <laughs> so that's it. That's what happened to me. That was really great. And also, I've been watching the Olympics, which I adore. Oh, yeah. They're good. What about you? <sighs> well, I took a trapeze class. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was going to be my thing, but I think really... This is just my sneaky way of talking about two things instead of one. Um, (laughs) Last time we recorded an episode, right after we spoke, or like a few hours after we spoke, I had what I can only call like a shift in consciousness Mm -hmm. that has completely changed my life. So that's probably the best thing that's happened. It's like I feel like I've spent the past year – trying to clear old limiting beliefs and kind of like reprogram my brain. And, um, it's almost like that that has finally just like shifted into place and it's completely changed the life that I'm living. And I just feel like a completely different person and it's so fun and I feel so grateful. And I love just like, if anybody wants to know what I mean by that, because it is a little ambiguous. It's like, I've spent the last year, trying to remind myself to look for things to be grateful for in any given situation. Like if I'm upset or if I'm like not having a great day, I'll be like, well, what can I be grateful for? Um, but since this moment last week, it's like my brain has started just finding the thing to be grateful for naturally without me having to be like, I should be being grateful right now. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so fun. It just makes life so much better because you're just like always walking around being grateful. Yeah. I love <sighs> that. It's my favorite thing. It's so cool. I'm almost like, I obviously like wonder how my experience relates to your experience often. And I'm just like, does Sally live this way all the time? Because <laughs> I, I feel like you're a couple steps ahead of me. <laughs> it's true. I do live that way all the time. It's really amazing. I think it's overwhelming for other people. And so sometimes for a while, I would just kind of like temper it. But oh. after a while, that was just, I was like, this is ridiculous. There's it's no so way. fun. <laughs> oh, like yesterday, I was hungover and Matt and I were driving from his brother and sister-in-law's house to our apartment. And... It's like a 45 minute drive and I was not in good shape. Um, and later in the day I said something about, God, it was such an easy drive this morning. And Matt was like, it's so weird that you would say that. And I was like, yeah, but there was like no traffic and like, it was so fast. And I was so serious. I wasn't at all being like facetious about it. I was just like, I feel so grateful because it could have been so much worse. And like, I don't know. Anyway, I love that. that makes me happy. <laughs> me too. Okay. So this week, we well, are, what are our we? guests. We are our guests. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Sally and I got on and we were like, what do we, I guess we just start. We don't have to explain anything to anybody. <laughs> it's very foreign. Yeah. It's been a while since we have just been talking to each other. So the reason that we're talking to each other today is because one year ago today, Sally and I went to see the smash Broadway hit Hamilton. (laughs) And it was very significant for both of us. So that's the conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think it will be interesting, even if you haven't seen the show, and even if you don't care about Broadway, um, hopefully... We can still make it fun. (laughs) I think we can. We'll we'll see what happens, but I'm pretty sure that we can do that. So before we really jump in, Sally, I want you to close your eyes and think back to us sitting in the audience before the show started and tell me in one word how you were feeling. I was so excited. That's two words. Whatever. I was <laughs> excited with capital letters. <laughs> oh gosh. I like just now, cause I could see us in there and I just got like my body's now buzzing with excitement. Just remembering what that was like before we'd heard any of the music before anything had happened. I was just like, this is going to be the best day ever. So that's, that was, that's how I was feeling. How are you feeling? Were you closing your eyes when I was closing my eyes or do I need to tell you to do that? I was closing my eyes just now while you were talking. Good. I don't know if I can describe it in one word. I don't know if there's a word for it. I'm going to tell you how I felt and then you can help me see if there's one word that describes it. Great. So I was kind of like, what is this going to be? Like you were really excited about it. You knew all like you follow Lin-Manuel Miranda. So you knew all about it and you'd been like looking forward to it forever. Mm -hmm. And I was just there basically because I also love Lin, but I was just like trusting you and how excited you were. And all I knew was like, it's going to be like rapping founding fathers. And I don't have (laughs) 
any idea how that's going to work. So I think not skeptical, but a little bit like. Were you curious? Yeah, I was curious. Good job. (laughs) We should just retitle the podcast Curiosity. (laughs) Things that make us curious. Things that make us curious. Well, that's basically everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember that because I, so I knew about the Hamilton when, back when it was the Hamilton mixtape. Um, and I, I just was so curious. I had heard, well, okay. So when I said before that I didn't know any of the songs, that's not true. Cause I had heard the one that he performed at the white house. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I love this. This is great. And I, as it evolved into an actual show, we kept trying to see it at the public, but that, but it kept getting sold out and then it kept getting extended, but then it just wasn't working out. And so when it moved to Broadway, like the first thing we did was buy tickets before it was even open months later. Yeah. Like we bought it before it was open for months down the line. And for those who keep for our regular listeners, they will know that I was in LA by that point. Once, I mean, between us buying the tickets and us going to see the show, I had moved to LA. So I flew back to New York pretty much only to see Hamilton, which when I kept telling people that they thought that I was joking. I was like, Oh no. Yeah. I just, I have Broadway tickets with my best friend. And that was before Hamilton was really like, a huge like blowout. I mean, it was getting yeah. some buzz. Well, the soundtrack wasn't out yet. So yeah, I feel it like it not. really started getting traction after the soundtrack came out and people started listening to the music. But at that point it hadn't even opened on Broadway. So there definitely wasn't yeah. a soundtrack. And I think it's funny to mention that also just like I went to the show purely based on Sally's excitement. That's also how we bought the tickets. It's like she was at my apartment one night. We were at least one bottle of wine deep. (laughs) And this is back when I still had money. And (laughs) I was like, well, I'll just buy us tickets. I bought like two full-priced orchestra tickets, which now orchestra tickets are like $700 each. Back then they were like maybe 200 each, um, which is still a lot for a ticket to something. But, you know, I was drunk and I was like, well, let's go see it. It's going to be great. And then then I had a few months of being like, I can't believe I spent that much money and I don't even know what it's going to be. And then we went to the show and I was just like, well, that's the best money I've ever spent in my entire life. Totally. But to go back to what Sally was talking about, about being in L.A., I had these tickets and I was like, if she does not fly back to New York, I will kill her. I was like. (laughs) really concerned about it. <laughs> uh, and for me, it was never an option. I was like, okay, I'm going back to New York. This is great. And I kept telling you that I didn't think that you believed me, but it I was true. I was like, how are you going to fly here? You have no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think that what would be really interesting to talk about is expectation because you know, we had a few months of lead up. You knew all this stuff about the show and you were so confident it was going to be good. I knew next to nothing about the show and was like, I don't understand at all how this is going to be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're sitting there in the audience waiting for it to start. 
And I did not have high expectations. And I think that I realized that that's actually my favorite way to go into something. Yeah. It's like not having any preconceived idea about how good it's going to be. Um, because then there's so much more capacity to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but you had really high expectations. I did, but they, it was very easily exceeded. I feel like they exceeded them within the first three songs. And I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be amazing. Oh, I think that the moment when I was like, this is the best thing ever, uh, was when they started gearing up to introduce the general. And I knew that that was, uh, Chris Jackson. So I started getting so excited that I think I started like dancing in my seat. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Chris Jackson's about to come on the stage. And guys, I really love Chris Jackson. Um, (laughs) So I think in that moment, I was like, this is, this is the best thing ever. So yeah, I had really high expectations, but I also didn't know exactly what it would be like. I knew that people were really raving about it and everyone that I knew who had seen it already was absolutely in love with it. And it changed between the public, um, and Broadway. Um, so, and I, and so I was still curious around that and like, I wasn't sure what the changes had been and whatever else. But yeah, when, when I knew that Chris Jackson was coming on the stage and it like hit me, like Chris Jackson's on Broadway again, <laughs> this is the bet liminal Miranda's on Broadway again. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> um, then I was like, it totally broke through all those expectations and really like exceeded them. And I think that it's interesting because, um, I, I really love, so I agree that I love like not really having any expectations and going into something and being blown away. But I think that I do love more having really high expectations and then still having them be exceeded. I think that maybe that involves a level of trust that I don't necessarily have. Like I often get, nervous when I have high expectations because I'm often fairly sure that I will be disappointed. Oh, I'm the opposite. Cause I've learned to expect the best. Mm-hmm. So I train myself. I've trained myself to really just like as good as I think this is going to be, I know that it's going to be even better. And yeah, there are times when I end up being disappointed. Um, but I think in those moments, it's really easy going back to four about like seeing the gratitude in it and like, you know, seeing the lesson in it. I can, I can switch into that mode really easily. And so then I'm like, Oh, well, it wasn't that bad. It was just, here's this lesson that I learned, but I would, I find that more often than not, even when my expectations are high, they're still exceeded. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I haven't like had anything to super look forward to since my big shift that happened last week. So I wonder how that might change the way that I experience things. Mm -hmm. I find that it makes things a lot more fun. Oh, I can only imagine because I don't know. I think that in the past I do have a tendency to dip very easily into an energy of disappointment into like, Oh, this is not everything I thought it was going to be. Or like I was able to reframe it in into like, oh, my expectations were too high. It's not that the thing was bad. It's just that my expectations were too high. Um, And so I think that sometimes I've tried to trick myself into not having expectations because I think that it'll be easier that way. Uh, So it'll be Mm -hmm. interesting to see if going forward, 
I'll be able to let myself have the expectation. Cause that's part of the enjoyment I think is like yeah. feeling excited about what you expect something to be. Oh, totally. Um, it's part of the experience. It sets the mood. Yeah. And I think before I was kind of relating to it, not with Hamilton specifically, but with other things, sometimes I'll be like, well, I'm not going to get excited about this thing. I'm just going to go and be open, but I'm not going to get excited about it because mm-hmm. I don't want to feel let down. Um, but I think that with, with the shift that I experienced last week, that that actually really is going to change because I've been feeling a lot more excited about absolutely everything in life, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that. Well, the I'm other so thing. Excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, the other thing I was thinking is that it was um, so interesting that we saw this show before the soundtrack was out. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in college and it was one of the first Broadway shows I had seen. Not the first, but one of the first. It was definitely my first trip to New York, I think. And my boyfriend at the time had flown me to New York for Christmas I think this is all the same trip. I hope I'm not complaining things, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who cares about the timeline? (laughs) But we were going to see Wicked. And Mm. I remember very specifically him being like, whatever you do, don't listen to any of the music before the show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's like kind of weird. Um, because coming from the middle of nowhere, I had always known soundtracks before seeing shows. Yeah. Um, so I didn't listen to any of the music. And then at the end of the first act, when Elphaba's defying gravity and it's like oh, the most earth shattering moment of all time, mm-hmm. especially if you don't know what's coming. And then I became like a total, I don't know, what's, is, I don't know if accolades the right word, but I, a total proponent of, that's not the right word either. I agreed with him. Like it was, <laughs> it was good that I hadn't listened to the music. And then when I took my mom to see it, I was like, okay, you absolutely cannot listen to any of the music before we see the show. Um, so it's interesting that we saw Hamilton and we didn't even have a choice because it was that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though. I don't usually care about that, about having the music beforehand because I treat them as such different experiences. It's the, it's the same as how when I read a book and then I see a movie, I treat them as different things. So when I hear the soundtrack, when I hear this, you know, any, any original Broadway soundtrack, I'm like, this is a different thing than when I see it because there's very little context for it. So you have to appreciate it in a different way. You, there are no stage directions. <laughs> Nobody says like, and then Elphaba flies. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. <laughs> yeah, Elphaba flies at the end of the first act while so singing like, Defying Gravity. Yeah, so I, I can really appreciate the song Defying Gravity without knowing that she flies. And then she flies and then I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, uh, that's funny though. I hadn't fully realized how much I treat them as separate things until just now, but it was cool to go into it, not knowing the music. I didn't like it as much as you did because I really do love, I think I, it, it enhances my experience. I love knowing like, Oh, my favorite song, like this is about to be my favorite song. And now I'm going to have this whole new context for it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, right. But what about that? Like 
that giddy feeling when something happens and it's just so truly unexpected. Because that was the thing I love about not knowing music. And I guess like about life experiences in general, like I love to be surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and in Hamilton, there's King George, a super funny character. And he comes out and sings like this British sixties pop song. So Mm -hmm. funny. And you kind of think like, maybe that's going to be his only song in the show. And then when he comes back out on the stage, spoiler alert, sorry if you haven't seen it or listened to the soundtrack. (laughs) When he comes back out on the stage, like, before he even opened his mouth, I was so giddy and I was laughing so hard just because I was so, like, delightfully surprised that he was back. And then it happens one more time. And I was, was, like, in tears before he even (laughs) opened his mouth just because the surprise was so good. Um And I think it's not that often in life that we get to be truly surprised. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's another perspective shift that I want to make because I do enjoy surprises so much. So I'm going to put that to the universe right now. Like I would like to let myself be more truly surprised by things. It totally goes with the other one too. What other one? The one about the having the high expectations and then having them exceeded because then you never know how that's going to happen. You just Mm -hmm. know that it is. Right. So maybe that's like part of what I'm hoping to evolve toward. Mm hmm. Yeah. I like that a lot. Me too. It just seems like so much more fun. (laughs) I'm all about the fun. So boy, I approve. (sighs) Ah, so what else about Hamilton? Oh man. Well then, so we see the show and then the soundtrack didn't come out for a month. Yeah. Which was like torture. torture. It was torture. (laughs) That was, that was the worst. (laughs) Well, I can't, so this is, I think this brings me, this is something that I was thinking about as you were talking about like the surprises or whatever. I think that part of what I appreciate about listening to the music beforehand is that then I have a context for, or, um, not a context, but like, I can talk about things much more easily. Like I couldn't, I didn't, when you were like, Oh, what was your favorite part? And I was like, everything that Leslie Odom Jr. did. Well, yeah. (laughs) But like, I couldn't remember what that was. I couldn't, I didn't know. Oh, it was wait for it. You're like, Like, there was that one song where I couldn't breathe. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, it was early on and he was like on stage. And I'm so overwhelmed by the experience that I can't even remember the lyrics. (laughs) But I just remember how I felt. Well, that's another interesting thing is like, when you talk about being fully present, Mm -hmm. I think that when you don't know the music, it does help you to be more fully present because you can't anticipate. Yeah. Um, But also it's harder to hold on to things, which yeah. is, which is something else that I think happens when you're fully present. Like mm-hmm. often the more present I am, sometimes I'll say something and then I'll be like, what did I just say? And then you can't even remember what it was. And mm-hmm. it's a very strange experience. It is how it makes it harder to hold on to things. And I think that that was part of the experience of Hamilton and why we wanted the soundtrack so badly. Cause it was like, Oh, we want to get that back. Yeah. Cause we, we couldn't hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So true. That's exactly why. And so I think that I was frustrated immediately after because I was like, I don't know. And then there was that jazzy song. Like, didn't oh. he do like a jazzy song? <laughs> yeah, with the hands and then he jumps on the table. <laughs> and I was like, and I think that there were lights. Like, <laughs> did the lights change? <laughs> that song for anyone who's just like trying to follow 
follow our conversation. The first song that we were talking about was Wait For It. And the second song we're talking about is, um, is it called The Room Where It Happened? The Room Where It Happened, yeah. Wow, both great moments for Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, well-deserved Tony. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, and then the interesting thing is, I'm, um, I have tickets to go see Hamilton in September mm-hmm. and I bought these tickets last November. So that's mm-hmm. how far ahead you had to buy tickets a year ago. <laughs> and now I think it's sold out like basically through next summer. Um, but I gave these tickets as a gift to my boyfriend's brother and sister-in-law and my boyfriend. Um, and I'm like having a little bit of a Mm, an interesting experience leading up to this next viewing of Hamilton. And this will be my third time seeing it, but the first two times were with the full original cast. Mm -hmm. And I already know just from how I have been in the past that it's going to be a challenge for me to go in and be totally open and be without expectation because I've seen it before but I really want to hold this experience in a way that I won't be disappointed because it's new people and they're going to do it in a way that's different from the way that I've seen it. And that's just an interesting, like, I know that the person I used to be would most likely walk out being disappointed. And I don't think that that's going to happen because I changed the way I relate to things, but I'm, Oh, I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just sounds like, the ultimate lesson and model for what we've been talking about so far. Because I think that you can, I think that you can totally go into it with high expectations and then still be pleasantly surprised Yeah, by like the difference. Because I think that part of it too is that when you treat them as separate things, and even though this is the same show, it's with new people. And so that, and it's a new time. I mean, even if it were with the same people, I mean, Mm-hmm. It can be completely different. I know that Lynn would like constantly screw up his lyrics. I mean, maybe not constantly, but I, well, I've seen like people tweet about it and like him talk about it and like whatever. And I think that those are really fun and special moments. And so I think if you can just treat it as a, as a separate thing, then you may be like blown away. I mean, Leslie Autumn Jr. himself was the, like, was super excited about the burr replacement. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> and Javier Munoz is amazing. I saw him as Usnavi. I love him so much. Usnavi is the lead character in In the Heights, which is Lin-Manuel's previous first, musical. Yeah. His first. I like how we just talk about all these people, like, using as their first names a lot. Yeah. Like, they're, like, <laughs> one, like, they're real people, or two, like, we're, like, we know them. Well, they are real people. We and I've met a couple of them. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So, what else about this experience, when you look back on it, really like stands out to you? Well, to me, and I said this before, but like I purposely went to New York to see Hamilton. I think that really raised the stakes for me, but also it made me appreciate things a lot more. I have not seen a Broadway show since then. And I used to see Broadway shows all the time. Um, so it's still kind of like really special to me that I went to go see it, that I tried to go see it again, like later on that week, um, did not get tickets, but still, 
I, I love Broadway so much. It's one of the few things in my life that I'm like constantly miss. <laughs> um, like even when I was in New York, if I hadn't seen a Broadway show in a while, I was like, oh my God, there's something missing in my life. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> um, so that it was a big deal to me to like see it. I mean, I went out with a bang. If I never see another Broadway show, wait yeah, to go me. That's a good one to end that. <laughs> You're going to see more Broadway shows. Yeah. Um, what is it about Broadway? Because I feel a little bit the same, but mine's like pretty specific to musicals. I love plays as well, mm-hmm. but a musical, it doesn't matter what it is. I will be crying by the middle of the first song. <laughs> like literally I saw legally blonde, the musical and the first song is called, Oh my God, you guys. And I cried like that is not normal. I, I don't know. It's something. So for me, it's something about the music and the power of telling a story through music. And it's like magical to have like real people up there doing something that you get to watch. It's like they're creating something just for you well, I and think the that other that's what it is. 500 people in the audience. I think that's what it is. It's like, you know, that this will never happen again. Like you, and I think that even when I was younger and I couldn't formulate it in that way, that, that is still the energy in the room. You know, that this exact performance with this, these exact people and this exact audience and the vibe that is being carried and like sent back and forth between the audience and the cast, it will never happen again. And that's exciting. And it's really powerful. And I think that, you know, going back to talking about presence, it really requires your presence, even if you know the music. Cause even if in my head, I'm like thinking like, Oh man, the last time that I saw hair, this happened. And what a bummer that it didn't happen now. Like it's still so unique and so amazing. And I'm still so committed and so present to what's happening right now. Um, so I think that that is what it is. It's because I feel, I do tend to see musical. I've seen a, only a couple of plays really. I, I think, I don't remember. Um, I know that I've seen plays, but I don't remember how many they were, but also the plays that I've seen have been like notable. Like I saw fences with Viola Davis and Denzel Washington, and I saw it because they were in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so, but still it was like, even if, even if the music can't carry me away, like in a play, there's no music. Okay, fine. That's fine. But I still get to know, like, this is really unique. This is really special. This is never happening again. And of course that is life. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, every moment in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was watching this movie the other night. Uh, it's the new Mike Birbiglia movie. And what's mm-hmm. it called? I think it's called like, this is me or I don't remember. this is it. Uh, I don't know, something, it's about improv comedy (laughs) and it's got a lot of really amazing comedians in it, but there's this part that the movie can be, it's kind of sad because of that like thing where you're looking at like everything changes. You only get this moment one time, but towards the end, there's a girl reading from a book about improv and it's, um, talking about how art should be something that's created between people and that it's not meant to stay and that that Mm -hmm. makes it even more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, basically what we're talking about is like 
that this exists only this one time this way. Like it mm-hmm. might exist differently at tomorrow's performance, yeah. but it will never be exactly like it is right now. And mm-hmm. I do think it's important to remember that that's how life is too, because I think that so often we forget to look at what's around us and have gratitude for this moment just because we know that this moment is the only one that will ever be exactly like it. Yeah. I think that there are a few, there are a few moments when we are so present to that, like weddings or I don't know. I don't know what else. Weddings are just like the thing that stand out to me, but there are these things that were like, Oh man, okay, this is it. (laughs) Even if somebody takes a video of this, that's not going to be the same. And it will remind me of how I was and where I was and what was happening maybe, but it won't be the same. And I think to me, Broadway shows just really elevate that. I think partially because you don't have to be in it. (laughs) So it's like, you're purely watching this. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go up there and sing the same song that you've sung 888 times. Um, so I think like being in the audience of a Broadway show is just the most magical because you're so aware that this is how life is, that these moments are not going to come back, that you can try to replicate something and it's just not going to happen. Um, so that's, Yeah. I think that that's really, really special. And I am going to like now my takeaway from this episode is just remembering that for like everyday life, like just really enjoying the nowness of everything. Well, Um, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about how often, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I do have an impulse to try to hold on to things. And hmm. I've had coaches and teachers say to me before, like, don't, don't try to hold like experience the moment, let it pass through you. Trust Mm -hmm. that another amazing moment is going to come along. You don't have to hold on to this one. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a balance because I understand like you don't have to hold on to this one and maybe I'm just not there yet on my, on my growth journey, but like some moments, just in everyday life. Now I'm not even talking about Broadway, but some moments are just so good. And when I realize I'm in one of those moments, I do have like, you do the thing where you think to yourself, I want to remember this moment mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny cause I, I feel like I have a lot of those moments and right now I can't think of a single one, which shows how <laughs> capable I am of holding onto them. Mm-hmm. But maybe just being present and experience them is enough. And that's the lesson. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's like when you see somebody, this, I don't know if this is related or not, but it's what came to my mind. It's like when you see somebody on the train, like on the subway reading Harry Potter, like the first book and in your head, you're like, Oh my God, are they reading that for the first time? (laughs) You know? Cause it's like, if they are, it's about to be so amazing for them. And I almost like sometimes want to like stop and talk to people and just be like, Oh my God, just treasure this, treasure this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's the real lesson. Just treasure every single moment because it's always the only one like it that will ever happen. Mm -hmm. And it's always the best it can be. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Oh, boy. Life is magical. I know. Well, I have a question for you. 
Oh, great. Lay it on me. <laughs> so I know why Hamilton was significant to me for reasons I've already described. Um, and maybe others I'm not, that I'm less aware of. But why was it significant to you? Because it was your idea to have this episode. Was it? Oh, boy. Yeah. So funny, because leading into this episode, I was like, is this stupid? <laughs> like, <laughs> is anybody going to want to listen to this? I don't even know. But then I got excited thinking about all the different directions it could go. Mm-hmm. Um, why is Hamilton significant to me? I think it was significant to me for so many reasons. I mean, one that we already kind of talked about is like, I was blown away. I had no expectations and then I was blown away. And it's not often that I feel that. Um, but also it's just like, look what you can do if you work really hard Mm -hmm. and if you believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. like I have so much respect for everyone involved with the show you know, cause it's not like it just like was on Broadway, you know, mm-hmm. they had to work a lot to get to where they are. And when you listen to it, even just listening to the soundtrack, it's so smart. Mm-hmm. And then the more you learn about the show, at least for me, the more I learn about the show, the more I respect everything involved. Like the fact that Lynn, I think you told me that Lynn had to be collaborate with him on some of the rap lyrics because he like couldn't think that fast mm-hmm. um you know or the fact that he rewrote some of the Skyler sisters after he saw how good the actresses were at harmonizing he re- mm-hmm. rewrote some of their songs mm-hmm. and it to me it's just like such a beautiful example of the fact that you can't do anything alone mm-hmm. and that everything is so much stronger when you ask for the support that you need and that's available to you. And like, look at what they've made. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's interesting because I think I had, I saw it and it was just a great show. And then the more I listened to the soundtrack, the more in love with it, I fell. Um, and the more I learn about it, it's like my love for the show just gets deeper and deeper. Mm hmm. And then also you go into like some of the casting controversy where they had like a casting call that was pretty explicitly like no white people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that like ruffled some feathers, but it's important to them and it's part of what makes the show. And it's just like, it's integrity. That's what it is. I think the show has so much integrity and I know there are probably also things that about it that don't have the most integrity mm-hmm. that we don't know about necessarily. But I just think that the reason it's so good and the reason it's been such a success is because of the integrity that it has and mm-hmm. that the people making it have. Mm-hmm. And the fact, I mean, I respect the hell out of everything the show is doing. They've raised their orchestra, like the very center front half of the orchestra seats to over $700 a ticket, which is the most expensive Broadway ticket of all time. But they're doing that because that's what the average scalp ticket price is. Yeah. And they're like, if people are making that much money off this show, that money should be going to the people involved with the show. Mm-hmm. And like, it's such a bold move, but I really, I respect the hell out of it because at the same time, they're doubling the amount of lottery seats available. Yeah. And it's just like, 
I can I can only like begin to imagine the conversations, like the conversation behind having a no white person casting call. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, are we really going to do this? Like, yeah, you know, this is let's not waste their time or our time. Yeah, we only want to see people of color. Um, so let's just say it. And like, are we really going to raise the ticket prices? Like, oh, that's going to cause controversy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? This money should be going to the people who are putting their hearts on the line to be a part of this. Yeah. So I don't even know if that answers your question. It just. Totally. Ah, top to bottom, <laughs> you know, left to right, up to down, everything that I know about this show or most of what I know about this show just makes me really admire everyone involved in it. And it makes me be like, I want to be a part of something like that someday, just in terms of something where everyone involved believes in it that much mm-hmm. and is willing to do what feels right, even if it's not what is going to be popular. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Oh, boy. I feel tired after that. I just got really worked up. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the other thing that I think is worth talking about, I don't know why, but it's coming up, so I'm going to just follow it, is the way that you and I have both related to the soundtrack Like, for a couple of months, it's the only thing I listened to and just, like, on repeat. And not so much anymore. But during that period of time, I would literally wake up in the middle of the night singing Hamilton lyrics in my head. (laughs) And, like, it's not that often that something reaches you on that level that you get that obsessed with it, that it's that all consuming. Why do you think that was for you? I think it's just the magic of this show. It's like the, I mean, these lyrics are really smart and they're also super catchy. Everyone involved is so talented that, you know, you just want more of it. And I think that because it's a show that's sung through, um, and for, I guess, people who don't know Broadway, <laughs> it's like, there's no spoken dialogue. The dialogue are like, it is the lyrics. Those yeah. Are so the if you listen to the soundtrack, you, you hear the entire show. You don't miss yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, there's one little teeny tiny piece that you don't get. Oh yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. But, um, but it was very intentional. It, it was left out for like very like intentional reasons. Um, but like it, because it's sung through, I think like that has a, a, a certain like special something too. Like for instance, Les Mis, there are songs in Les Mis that I don't like. So like Les Mis is not quite the same because yeah, like there are songs that I don't like. There are songs that are like boring, whatever, but there's still like when I do decide to listen to it the whole way through, because that show is also sung through for people who don't know. Um, I think that there's something about that that really like magnifies your like anything that you do like about it. Because even if I'm listening to something that I don't really care about, but it'll have like, you know, a snippet of lyric or, or song that comes up again or has already come up. Um, 
then it's like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that that was in this song. But on for Hamilton, because it's so good, <laughs> it happens constantly. And so you want to listen to all of them or almost all of them because you're just like, this show is so good. This is so I smart. This is amazing. Like part of, at least for me, part of the way that getting so obsessed with the soundtrack functioned was that there's so much to discover. There's oh, so yeah. many layers. Mm-hmm. Totally. Now I'm wondering, like, how can I apply that to the rest of my life? Because there's some things that I really want to get obsessed with. Or, like, I'm like, oh, I should be, like, learning about this thing with more veracity. And it's just, I think, maybe learning to look beyond the surface level. Because that's what it is. is You start listening to Hamilton, and you start to hear the things that are reoccurring. And you mm-hmm. start to hear the lyrics that aren't necessarily the main thing being said. And you hear it kind of in the back, and you're like, oh, I never heard that before. Yeah. Or you hear a line in a whole new way. This morning, literally this morning, I was listening to the Hamilton soundtrack to get ready for this. And I heard a line that I had never heard before. Oh, boy. What was it? Do you remember? Yeah, it was, um, every action is an act of creation. Mm -hmm. And I've heard him say that before. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it was like this morning, I heard it. Yeah. And I have listened to this soundtrack I don't even, I can't even like guess a number, like definitely more than a hundred times. It's three hours long, almost in total, two and a half. Um, and that's in like the third or fourth song of the show. And I was just listening to it today and I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And I actually had to run it back Mm. and listen to it again. And then I was like, I want to live my life that way. Like every action is an act of creation. Oh, so good. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sally, what's your favorite song from Hamilton? If you had to pick. If I had to pick, it's still Wait For It. Ah, oh, me too. That's because it's the best song ever. It's so good. It's it's interesting, too, because, so, okay, so people who don't know, <laughs> Aaron Burr sings this song, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character sings this song. And it basically, like, sums up the entire way that he is in life, and in the, or at least in this show. I mean, I don't know if this is how he was in real life. We can't speak to the real Aaron right. Burr. We can only speak <laughs> about the fictional version of Aaron Burr that's presented in Hamilton. Yeah. So he is just constantly waiting for, like, the right moment, waiting for the thing. Like, if it's not, like, if it's not good enough now, then, like, he's just going to keep waiting. And it's interesting that I love this song so much because this is basically the opposite of how I like to live my life, but it's still just such a good song because first of all, I mean, there are always moments when like, I'm not taking action when I feel like I should be right. So like, even just from based on that, like I'm still human. So as, as much as I like to live life the way that Hamilton lives life, (laughs) um, I still have my Aaron Burr moments instead. So because of that, but also the song is brilliant. Leslie Adam Jr. is amazing singing it. Although I feel like anybody would like be really magical singing this song. Like you can maybe could be like just an okay singer. And if you sang that song, it'd be like, you know, if you learned that song really well and you sang that song the way it's meant to be sung, people would be like, you should be on Broadway. I really think that (laughs) I really do. That's how I feel about like when, when I sing breathe, 
Uh-huh. I don't think that it's as amazing as people think that it is. I well, that's a that song from In the Heights. That's from In the Heights. Everybody listening. Yes. And I've performed it many times. And people are always, like, blown away. And the first time that I sang that song in a group of people, they were all like, so why aren't you on Broadway? And I was <laughs> like, you don't understand. Well, first of all, because I'm not going to be. <laughs> but second of all, it's I'm just singing this song the way that this song is meant to be sung. This is the power of that song. Yes, I'm a good singer. I It's not like me saying, me trying to like be modest and be like, I'm not even a good singer. No, I understand. I'm a good singer. I'm a capable singer. But it's because that song is so amazing that if you sing it the way it's meant to be sung, people will be blown away. And I think Wait For It is one of those songs. It's the power of the song. Well, what I was thinking about Wait For It, I was trying to think why I like it so much because it's also my favorite song. And I think it's because uh, it's like the, I don't know. I don't know the words to talk about songs. So bear with me. (laughs) You know, it's like the verses kind of describe his way of being. But then the little, it's not the chorus, but it's like thing in between. You can call it a hook. The hook. Um, The hook, when I listen to it, it tells you every single reason you shouldn't live life the way Mm -hmm. he's living life. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, Mm -hmm. life doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. (sighs) You know, and it's like. If there's no discrimination, what is the point of waiting? And for me, that's what makes the song so powerful. It's like the two sides of this coin. Mm -hmm. And I just want to hug him. And (laughs) yeah, he's not, I feel like just to get really like bare bones, it's like the song just makes it so clear how unsafe he feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So unsafe that he can't move. He just yeah. waits until he knows it's the right thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you always live life that way, you're going to miss it. Yeah, for sure. And, oh, I don't need, oof, that sounds so good. <laughs> I mean, we rise and we fall and we make our mistakes. Like, yeah, and that's why you shouldn't wait for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> so true. I'm getting really fired up over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think do that for too. this is why Hamilton is so good. Cause then immediately my mind goes to the other wait for it. I think it's so amazing. And then there's the other song. Um, what's it called? Mm-hmm. It's a sad one after there's so um, many sad songs. <laughs> um, it's quiet up down. Yeah. 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 Okay. That one. Um, there's a line, and it's after, um, spoiler alert, Hamilton's son dies. It's not really, it's history, y'all. It's not a spoiler. Yeah, it's, it's a, this is what I kept telling people. I was like, there's no way that you can be spoiled. This is history. I learned this in school. It's historical fact. <laughs> Even if you don't remember learning this in school. Um, so Hamilton's son dies in a duel, and then him and his wife have kind of already have this riff in their relationship, and it's this song about them healing their relationship. Um, but the line, like, I'm going to, I can't even say the words. I'm going to cry that she says, there are moments when you're in so deep that it's easier to just swim down. Yeah. And like, I've felt that way. 
Mm-hmm. And then she says, um, I don't even know, but she says there's a grace. I think this is a grace too. What is it? Grace too powerful to name. Yeah. And it's like these two opposing ideas of like a moment when you're in so deep that it's easier to just swim down and surrender and let it go. And then the idea of this overwhelming grace that exists even in those moments, like that's a lyric and a song that I have listened to over and over again, like literally just that song on repeat and like just cried and cried because I've Mm -hmm. never heard it described so perfectly. Yeah. I sang, I was singing that song to myself during one of my medicine ceremonies in Peru. (laughs) (laughs) I can just, uh, you're, (laughs) you're a crazy person. I mean, I would probably do the same thing. I can't, but it's so, Oh, it's so good. There's so many concepts in the show. The other thing that just came to my mind is like, what, what's enough. That's like a real theme in the show. Mm -hmm. Like, what will you let be enough? For me, a big one is just, like, the thought of a legacy. So mm-hmm. I find that I am, like, one of these people. You know, like, there are some people who are just, like, obsessed with the concept of legacy and what they leave behind. Yeah, and I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I know that you don't. But I do. This is, like, an obsession of mine. And so that moment when he says, like, what is a legacy... What the heck does he say? I swear it's, that I, normally I can quote Hamilton, but of course I know, I'm both on the of spot us can normally a podcast. Now I we know. don't remember any of the lyrics. What is a legacy? It's sowing seeds in a garden you never get to see. Mm. And I think that that line really helps me, like in moments when I'm like, "But this isn't going right," and like, "This is not how I pictured it," and I get to just like relax because, like, I will never see this garden in full bloom. If I do my job (laughs) and I do leave a legacy, which is my lifelong obsession, I won't be able to see it not to the extent, or maybe I will, because I feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda sees it his. Oh, I don't think that we, no, I think because like, we haven't even begun to glimpse the legacy that this man is leaving. Like what he's doing right now is going to have such a bigger impact than we can even know. Yeah, that is true. But I do, I mean, I guess my point is like, there are moments that you can see like, oh my gosh, yes, this is working. This is, this is going to be a thing. This is something. Um, but I guess I've had moments like that. But anyway, my point is that in that when I'm like, kind of like in the shame spiral points, I can like turn to that lyric and be like, it's okay. Just breathe. Like I, I'm not going to see the garden. So why am I looking for the garden? That's not what's going to be in front of me right now. Um, But yeah, the concept of legacy is also a really big one in the show. That is one of the huge takeaways for me um, because I think about it constantly. I mean, the the number of hours that I've spent in my life thinking about it and like whether I will leave a good one and will it be the one that I meant to 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 leave and like, is it going to be wonderful and magical Oh God. I mean, I used to have entire conversations with people about like the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. And like, not the big one, not like we all know who he is and like whatever, but like the really teeny tiny ones, like conversations between children that they will forget these conversations. But like, well, because when I heard that Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream and like, blah, 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 blah. Like that's a legacy. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's coming up for me as you're talking about this, it's so funny how 
you and I latch on to different things. Um, cause you're talking about legacy and I think of the lyric that you have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, that's like, you don't need to worry about your legacy because you have no control over what happens to it anyway. You know? So yeah. it's like, for me, that's like, be present, live your life. Like, do the things that matter in the here and now. And I don't think that they're opposing ideas. No. It's just a difference in the way that you choose to hold it. Mm -hmm. That's true. And it's, it's so interesting because both of those ideas are very strong in the show. The idea of creating a legacy and the idea of having no control over your legacy. And it's really incredible that those two ideas can coexist so beautifully in one piece of art. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because it's so human. Yeah. Like, I think that that's the thing that this show doesn't shy away from the fact that we are all human and we're all really complex and we all constantly hold conflicting ideas at the same time. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. And I think that that's what makes it really, one of the things that makes it really magical is that it allows you to see your humanness reflected in art. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast on meditation the other day and it's interesting because they were saying something very similar about how the more capable you become of not only holding conflicting ideas, but also being aware that you're holding conflicting ideas, like two conflicting ideas. And then one step further than that, letting that be okay and a hundred percent believing in both ideas and being fully aware of what's going on. And they were talking about how this is something that happens on the road to enlightenment is where Mm. you, you become more and more capable of holding conflicting ideas and letting it be okay and not having to have it be one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I don't know. That's just interesting because that came up the other day for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, boy. So good. Hamilton. (laughs) I just love everything about this moment. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all. I can't wait to see it again. Ah! I hope I get to see it again. I, I hope I get to see it in Pantages. Although, um... I don't know. I keep thinking it's going to be sold out, but it's fine. I mean, if I meant to see it again, I'll see it again. And if I'm not, then that's fine too. You know, what's interesting. And just because it came up yesterday, my boyfriend, Matt pointed out to me that when I've really enjoyed something that my immediate go-to is, Oh, I want to do that again. I want to see that again. Or like, I want to eat there again. Or like, Oh, I want to hang out with them again. And, um, it was so funny because he pointed it out to me and that's not something I've been aware of. And he was just like, I just think it's interesting that that's what you go to. And, um, mm. I was like, well, what do other people go to? And he was like, <laughs> I don't know, talking about how much they enjoyed it the first time. And so I'm still, right. I think, trying to figure out how I feel about that new awareness. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's like, that felt good. I want more of it. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. But either. It's interesting. I wonder if that in any way lessens my enjoyment of the thing that I already had. Hmm. 
I would assume that it doesn't, but I think that it connects back to the thing about expectations and trying to hang on to the moment. But I think that you can come to a space where you're no longer trying to hang on to the moment and then you can just experience something that you love so much again as a new thing and then it'll mean something different to you. Is my yeah. guess. What an interesting <laughs> loop though to be like, oh, that was so fun. I want to do it again. Then you have expectation. Then there is room to be disappointed. Yeah. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that that's my go-to. I don't know. I'm even like journal around that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it also, it makes you look for the things. It makes you look for things because I know that when you saw it again, there are things that you experienced that you had missed the first time. There were a couple of things that were just like, that they were, that they were unique, but there were also things that weren't unique to your, to your viewing, but you hadn't noticed them the first time. Well, and that's just like what we were talking about in terms of enjoying the soundtrack is that there's levels. Like there Mm -hmm. are different things to enjoy about this thing that I already know I like. And I like want to go back to the experience and go deeper. All right. So I'm going to choose not to hold that as a negative thing about myself. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not negative. Um, Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, Sally, when you think back to a year ago today and our first viewing of Hamilton, how do you feel about it now in one word? Grateful. I feel really grateful. I think that's my word too. Yeah, yeah that's a good word to describe it. I mean, if we only get one word. <laughs> grateful that I saw it before tickets cost $700 a piece. Oh, that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful about everything about the experience. It was just really, it was really special and it was lovely to share it with you, obviously. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about that, how that made it so much better. I feel like you were like laughing at me about how excited I was or like I was crying or something and you were like laughing at me. (laughs) Yeah. I was also sitting next to someone who had seen it at the public. So that I think made me even more excited because she was so into it. And she was like talking to the people that she was with about what had changed and whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. It's so funny. Just like I was talking about Harry Potter. When I see people reading it, I get really excited. I just actually realized that anytime somebody tells me they're going to see Hamilton for the first time, I freak out. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so good. (laughs) Your life is never going to be the same. (laughs) (laughs) But life won't discriminate. We're all still going to die. That's true. Life was never going to be the same, but we're still all going to die. So don't wait for it. (laughs) Seize the moment. As they say in Newsies, seize Seize the the day. day. Oh, boy. Well, I really hope that you guys out there listening have enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) I did. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they might have. If you haven't seen Hamilton, I recommend you get the soundtrack and also buy your tickets now. Cause even if you buy them now, you're not going to be able to go until like next fall. So, well, and like there's other, th- other ways that you can enjoy Hamilton. Cause I know that they've got the PBS special. I don't know when that's airing and they did record Hamilton 
on two different, uh, they recorded two different tapes, I guess. <laughs> like, what did they record? Two different performances, um, which they don't, as far as I know, as of the day of this recording, they don't know yet what they're doing with that, but presumably at some point that will be available to people. Yeah, and you maybe. can also enter the lottery every day. There's an app on the iPhone. I don't know if it exists on other platforms, but there's an app where you, all you have to do is like hit a little button to enter for the lottery every day. Cause they've gone digital, which I kind of think I, I have really mixed feelings about this because now like 10,000 people enter every day, but somebody's got to win. It's, it's safer and it's more convenient. It is more convenient I and starting everyone should have a digital well, lottery. It's pretty cool, but it decreases your chances. Well, that's fine. Well, anyway, so you can enter the lottery, and starting in January of 2017, they're doubling the number of lottery seats available every day, which is pretty cool. And so if you win, those those are only $10 a ticket, and it's for, like, the front row, which... Which is the cheapest ticket on yes. Broadway. Most lottery tickets are not $10, people. Well, because Hamilton's on the $10 that. bill. Yeah, exactly. It's That's what it's called. See, ham for ham. these people are smart. That's what we're saying. <laughs> but, God, if you win the lottery, I hope you do enjoy it. I got to I got to see the show that way one time, and it was, like, a completely different experience than seeing it when I saw it with Sally, where we sat back farther in the orchestra. But I don't think it would matter where you sit. Just go see it if you can. Yeah, it's so good. Even if you have an obstructed view. I don't think they – I don't know if they have any of those at the Rogers, Richard Rogers Theater. I don't know. But- so <sighs> great. Or you know what? If you don't want to see Hamilton, you think that the hype is silly. Don't see it. Maybe go see another Broadway show. If you like Broadway. And if you don't go watch a movie <laughs> or read a book, do whatever makes you happy and makes you feel. Inspired. But while you're doing it, try to be present to the magic that is yes, this moment. Totally. Cause I think that that is really, I think that that's really what this experience has been all about is the magic in this moment. Whatever the moment yeah, may be. For sure. Oh, I love oh, it. Me too. Thank you, Sally, for being okay. obsessed with Lynn Manuel Miranda so that I even knew to go see Hamilton. Oh, you are so welcome and enjoy Moana. <laughs> <laughs> Just like another little Lynn Manuel plug. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so good. I saw a commercial for the first time. Was it yesterday when I was watching the Olympics? And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. But also, I love that Lin Manuel Miranda is singing to me right now. <laughs> he just did the music for that movie. Yeah. Um, Which stars The Rock and some adorable little girl that they I found. I love The Rock. That's a whole other conversation, but I think he's great. Right, for sure. <laughs> okay, I guess we should wrap up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why Gilmore Guys is the three-hour podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, Sally, I've enjoyed this. Thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Where can the people find you? TylaFowler.com and Tyla M. Fowler on Instagram. M as in Megan. Yeah, because that's my middle name. Yeah. And I'm at Sally Simply on the internet and you can find me for my music or singing. What? My music, my singing and my writing on SallyMercedes.com and for my work uh, at unmutedexpression.com 
And if you like our intro outro music, that's by Zena Hell, Z-Y-N-A-H-E-L. You can follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and that, no, that's, that's it, not right? it. If you that's have anything, anything oh, at all that you want to talk to us about, whether it's an important yeah. anniversary coming up in your life that we, that you want to talk to us about on the show, or if you want to talk to us about Hamilton, or if you want to talk to us about mm-hmm. living in the moment or just like anything, anything just to say yeah. hi, um, shoot us an you email, can email us at a year ago podcast at gmail.com. Or if you don't want to email us, you can tweet to us. That's also a year ago. Podcast. We'll see it. You can also find us on Facebook mm. at a year ago podcast, yeah. or you can search for a year ago today. You can basically get to us from in all ways and we'll love you forever. I will. Oh yeah, me too. And what else was I going to say? I thought it was important. Oh, share this, share this with people that you love. Oh yeah. (laughs) We're -hmm. really trying to grow our audience and I've had a lot of people reach out to me to tell me how much they love the show. And I just keep saying like, Oh, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for telling me because it makes me so happy. But now would you please also turn around and share it with somebody? Because that is really what we need. In addition to your we can, praise. <laughs> yeah. That way we can love people even yeah. more. Oh, and we want to give a shout out to Dave Parisi, oh, yes. who is our Woo! number one fan and is so kind and oh listens every week and always comments on Facebook. And we just love his support and makes us feel so great. So thank you, Dave, for being so wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Oh. I think that's it. <laughs> great. All right. Peace Bye, out, y'all. y'all.